When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the game plan my name is Chris Plank. Sherry Cole is coming up here in mere moments. We'll hear from Skip Johnson and his new standout second baseman, Connor McKenna, and Lon Kruger. We'll talk Oklahoma's big win over TCU from the weekend and look ahead to the Red River rivalry. But as always, just a note to say thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast. If you miss old episodes and you want to go back, if it was Coach Gasso previewing the season, you can find that at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. If it was the baseball presser from a couple of weeks ago, that's our Tuesday show from last week at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Every show from start to finish in our archives right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Hey, quick tease. Coming up on Friday's show, we'll be on the road with Sooner Softball in Palm Springs. Patty Gasso will join us. And I'm going to try to get JT to come back on with us. The trip to Palm Springs is one of my favorite trips that we make for Sooner Softball because that was the infamous gaggle of Gasso's episode that we did and one of my favorites with JT and Dreyer. We just sat down and talked softball for about 30 minutes. And again, that's in our archives. But it it really is an amazing trip when you see the growth of college softball and then this event, the Mary Nutter Classic, that honors one of the pioneers of softball and also in turn it has brought in some of the biggest teams in the country. This is an annual event for the Sooners after they went 4-1 and one this past weekend at the SBC Invitational, which I think has the potential to be another regular event for the Sooners on their schedule. It's always exciting to go out to Palm Springs, not just the weather, but just to see great softball being played. And uh, we'll be on the road in Palm Springs with Sooner Softball for Friday's edition of the tailgate. So we look forward to that with Coach Gasso. So big show coming up. Why waste any more time? Let's get at it. 
Challenging weekend for the Sooners women's basketball team heading to Waco to take on the number one team in the country, Baylor. But an exciting week ahead. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, caught up with Sherry Cole earlier on Monday and asked her thoughts on the way this team performed and what she took away from Saturday night in Waco. Well, Baylor played like the number one team in the country. They were hitting on all cylinders, and we told our guys before we went in there, they're different at home, and they are. There's no doubt about it. They um, they were really, really good, and we weren't so good. And we shot 17% in the first half. I don't know that I've ever had a team shoot 17% in a half before. And that just puts you in a hole that is very difficult to climb out of. Ana Yanusa, 31 points, continues to play great basketball. First player in the Big 12 to score 30 points three times this year. Uh, first OU player to score 20 points in three straight games since Peyton Little did it back in 2015. How, what's going on with her right now? It just seems like confidence is flowing out of her. Yeah, I think she's playing for the name on the front of her jersey. I think she's fighting for, for our team, and it's putting her in a position to um, do some pretty fabulous things. She's a very gifted offensive player. There's no doubt about that. And after missing the first half of the season with an injury, took her a few games to get going and to get a real sense of confidence back. But, but she's got it now, and she's, she was certainly fantastic offensively. She really was. What's the next uh, step for her? What's the next phase in her game? If, if you were saying she still needs to improve on this and she could be an even better player, what would it be? Oh, decision-making with the basketball, uh, reading the help. Uh, knowing the right path to make, uh, when to make it, um, who to make it to, th- those kinds of things. She's very, very good one-on-one, very good. Um, has a nice little step back and has great athleticism and speed and great range with her shot. So that makes her a nightmare one-on-one. So the next step is, you know, when people start helping off and and uh, whether it's doubling or just helping to stop penetration, uh, making the right decision, making the right read out of that. You got to win over Kansas on Wednesday. I know you feel like you didn't play well on Saturday, but psychologically, did that help your locker room? Well, I think it, it always opens up the conduit for listening a little bit better. You know, you, you talk sometimes about uh, teams don't hear you when they when they win. Well, when when you lose repeatedly, it's hard to talk about process things when kids don't feel results. And after a while, that that conduit gets tighter and tighter and tighter. So it was nice to have that opened up a little bit by seeing what can happen when we execute, when we have proper spacing, how how available our backdoor cuts and, and different facets of our offense. They, they were able to hear that better because we actually had the result that supported it. I guess it gives the process credibility, if you will. So that was nice. You got uh, Iowa State coming up on Wednesday morning now. This is the annual field trip game. It'll tip off at 10.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And uh, before we talk about the opponent, the game has become, Coach, a a real fan favorite. Um, I know you guys love it as well. Uh, it is always nice when an opponent agrees to play a midweek game at 10.30 in the morning. So you're going to have, I don't know how many thousand screaming kids there. Uh, this will be fun. Yeah, we certainly hope so. I've seen a couple of weather reports that have made me a little bit nervous. But Uh-oh. I'm, hope- 
hoping that it stays dry and uh, that we get all those kids in there as planned. And you're right, it does take a willing coach, and we had several refuse to play it. And so I have great appreciation for Bill Finley for um, agreeing to play this game. It's obviously, we had to, we've had to play it before at Texas. It's obviously not ideal because it's out of the ordinary for your team. But I also think there are some uh, bonuses to it. You know, I mean, our, our men play TCU on Saturday at 11. That's 30 minutes later than a 10:30 tip. You get those times in the NCAA tournament. So I think it can actually be good for your team. I just want to remind all our fans that it's not only for the elementary school kids. I know <laughs> a lot of folks have to work, but if you if you don't and you have an opportunity Wednesday morning, that this game is for everyone. They hit a bunch of threes on you up in Ames. What do you need to do better on Wednesday against them? Boy, Kobe, um, I had an opportunity to uh, watch that. We got fogged in at Waco and had to bus back home Saturday night. So oh, I had I'm a so sorry. Nice I didn't know that. Five-hour bus ride to uh, break down Baylor film on and then watch Iowa State. And we played really poorly in Ames, really poorly. Um, from execution to following the game plan defensively, um, really even to effort, uh, I was just very, very disappointed. Sometimes you watch it and at the time, and, and, and then you have a memory of it. You go back and you watch it again. And uh, I was really disappointed in the way we played there. So I think we've got some things to prove. Uh, to ourselves uh, when we take the floor on Wednesday. Is this a good team at seeing mistakes on film and then being able to apply and correct on the court? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think by and large, um, I, I don't know that, that players like to watch film the way they used to. I think it's part of our, uh, our social media craze in this world today where everything that's on social media is pretty. Every you don't you don't see a bunch of uh, buffoonery unless you're watching a, a you know a thing that's cued just to that. They don't you put turnovers guys, and missed free throws on. Yeah, Twitter. you see guys yeah. dropping dimes and getting slammed, <laughs> and knocking down threes, and you know every everything we get on a recruit is a highlight reel like that. Like I want to see the game because I feel pretty sure they didn't play like that for an entire forty minutes. So let's see the other stuff. And and so kids have a hard time with that. They don't. They don't like to see reality sometimes. And so, um, yes and no. When they watch it, um, can they learn from it and correct it? Yes. Getting them to want to watch it is a grind every day. But we will not stop because that's how you learn. No matter how many times we put up, you know, failure is a way to process around the locker room, the way to progress. Put it around the locker room. We talk about it. We talk about it in the film room and show it. Still don't like to fail. And you got to learn to love to fail if you want to grow. So um, you got to see those failures and you got to own it, and then you can change it. I think you got to send them uh, their film clips in GIFs. That'll get them to watch it. Everybody loves a GIF. Just well, pops up uh, in the middle of class. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, trust me, we do send them film clips on their phones. That, that's a way <laughs> to get their quick attention. You got, you know, all, all it is is a six-second clip here. Let's watch that and see if we can learn from it. Maddie Williams played great against Kansas. She was one of 12 against Baylor. The height, you think, there of Baylor affected her? Yeah, I think so. The length, um, she got rocked early. She missed her first two or three and then got uh, made a poor decision and got one blocked, a little elbow line jumper. And 
and just really kind of went away. And uh, we need her, obviously. I mean, when you, you go in to play the number one team in the country, you need your scorers to score. And she and Taylor Robertson were both really, really affected by the length and physicality of Baylor. And um, thank goodness Anna wasn't. But, but we have to have those three guys scoring. From women's hoops to men's hoops. What a win for the Sooner basketball team on the road in Fort Worth against TCU. Toby and Lon Kruger afterwards. Way to go, Coach. That's got to feel good. Thanks, Toby. It does. Yeah, so happy for the guys. Uh, as I told them in the locker room afterwards, uh, it's been it's been a struggle. I mean, no one's felt good about the results, but they've continued to work hard, and, and they, that's really impressive. When you're not winning ball games, they come to practice every day with a great attitude, and uh, and uh, that says a lot about them, and, uh, and also the chance of continuing to get better. I think this group will continue to improve, even though it's a struggle uh, to this point. Uh, you know, a good week now in, in preparation for Texas next weekend and chance to get uh, recovered a little bit, uh, bodies a little fresher, and uh, do some work too. You found something that worked for you today on both ends of the court, offensively running the offense through Christian Doolittle, and defensively, more zone than we've seen out of you, maybe all your combined today. It would be, yeah, it would be. I thought, uh, again, you know, TC is a little shorthanded uh, one shooter there when you take Noe out of the lineup. Makes a little difference on what they've got going for them. So uh, uh, I thought they did a good job of driving the ball at us early when we were in man. So it, went, uh, it was kind of a combination, not totally pleased with what we we're doing on the ball defensively. Plus, uh, the zone was working. So uh, pretty easy to make a decision to stay with that. How about the confidence number 21's playing with for you right now? He was great. Yeah, yeah. So good to see. Uh, him attack, finish, pass the ball, rebound, uh, make free throws, uh, pretty much uh, what you'd want a player to do. And I thought Christian James also, and Dew was great. Yeah. And I thought Christian James maybe had one of his better games in, in you know, maybe in conference play because he made a couple early and then he kind of let the game come to him and uh, thought he did uh, did a really good job. I had the game capper there uh, with about a minute to go in the lane for you as well. You rode with Miles Reynolds down the stretch today, made some positive plays for you. His activity was good. Uh, you know, he's uh, comfortable going to the free throw line, so they're late in the ball game. So, yeah, he, I thought he did a good job. He made some uh, good decisions and uh, got some hands on some balls defensively and deflections, and and uh, his energy was good for us. Matt Freeman, a couple of big threes in the first half big for Big threes. You. Yeah, we had to win ball games. You, you know, people have to step up yeah. and make shots, and Matt did that early to kind of keep us in, you know, close and in the ball game uh, we got down early and then uh, I thought he made a couple threes at critical times to keep us uh, within range you don't like to talk about uh, NCAA tournament hopes and things like that but you know I mean, this is a big one for you today, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, you can't keep losing ball games and expect to stay uh, <laughs> stay on the bubble. Yeah. You know? So the longer we can stay on the bubble, the longer we uh, have a chance to get better, you know, regain some confidence with a, you know, a game like this will really help us with our confidence. Uh, that's probably what we've struggled with most to this point is confidence in finishing ball games. And uh, today, uh, being able to finish this one and uh, maintain that margin late uh, should be a big boost. If you're a bracketology follower like I am, the news is, is still good. The Sooners find themselves in, though they would be in one of those play-in games. But get a win over Texas this weekend in that 11 a.m. start inside the Lloyd Noble Center, and maybe things start looking a lot different for the Sooners. Maybe even we're starting to get out of that first four, and we're starting to look at maybe a 10 seed, maybe a 9 seed. But they got to win. they got to put together some wins, and obviously it's going to be a challenge against Texas, who has played pretty well at times this Saturday inside the LNC. So let's hit the diamond, shall we? What a start for the OU baseball team as they 
kicked off the season 3-0. They swept Cal Poly this weekend. And Toby talked with Skip Johnson and I guess you could say one of the new stars for OU Baseball, Connor McKenna. How about Levi Prater today? Oh, I mean, it was uh, as advertised. He, he gutted it out and, and competed really well. Went, you know, the second inning, he kind of got out of character a little bit, didn't go pitch to pitch, and then he settled back in, and it was really good. A couple of clutch hits by one of your new guys today, Connor McKenna. No doubt. I mean, it was uh, uh, really good. Come up big. I mean, you know, in that in that in the first inning, you got to score there. In the first inning, you got to execute, and we didn't execute, and the game got tougher. That guy got in a rhythm there and made some quality pitches against us, and then we kind of started gathering it back in and having quality at bats. And uh, you know, White comes in and makes a, a quality, some quality pitches. We don't turn a double play ball, and we should have turned a double play ball. And then uh, uh, Roughcorn came in and gutted it out. All around this weekend, obviously you got the three wins, but felt like in pretty much every phase of the game. You played well. Are you pleased all around? Yeah, I mean, the effort and the spirit, Sarah, that's what matters more than anything. The dugout was good. Um, I mean, that's the sign of the good, the good culture that we keep, you know, trying to build on. And it's a process that we got to keep uh, building on as, you know, just because you win three games doesn't mean you don't need to go back to the drawing board and keep working. We've got to stay on our fundamentals and stay in the process. One pitch and, uh, uh, you know, the saying that uh, they came up with, the first game, it doesn't doesn't matter. You don't need that. You don't need that. And that was kind of our, uh, men, you know, kind of spirit kind of got helped us through. Way to go, Coach. Thank you. Sooners win it today, 5-2, to two, the final. Connor McKinnon, we haven't got a chance to talk to him yet. A couple of big hits for them today. Congratulations, uh, big win, and you came up with some big at-bats today. Yes, sir, I appreciate that very much. Facing your old buddy out there on the mound, how did that feel? Uh, it was good. It was good. A lot of guys uh, from California on that team, so familiar faces. It was good. Take me through your at-bat in the eighth inning. Uh, you know, we talked about approach all week and all weekend especially. Um, I think day by day we got better, and, you know, we really got after it in early work this morning, kind of thinking the other way, and it worked out, both my hits. You've had a, a long journey to be here in Norman, Oklahoma. Yes, First weekend in a Sooner uniform. Excited? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very excited. I've been watching the Sooners for a long time. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to Norman, and congratulations on three Thank wins you. this week. Thank you, Toby. I appreciate it. News actually broke earlier today about the Sooner baseball schedule. They will not play in that Tuesday game against Dallas Baptist because of concerns over the weather in Dallas. So they've moved the game to Wednesday here in Norman. As a result of the date and venue change, the Sooners' game against DBU on March 5th that was scheduled to be in Norman will now be played in Dallas. Tickets for the March 5th game will be honored on Wednesday. Both teams are 3-0, so that's going to be a fun one before the Sooners take off for San Diego to take part in the Tony Gwynn Classic. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast. As always, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. And as always, just thanks for supporting the Sooners. Until Friday in Palm Springs, this is Chris Plank saying have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.